0: Are you dedicated? Up and coming? Motivated? And bold? Then you're dumb. But so are we. Welcome to the Young and Dumb Podcast with your hosts, Justin Wynn and Gary Pershad.
1: Join us every week as we discover the knit and grit of your young and dumb journeys.
0: We got more podcasts for your head top, so watch how you speak on our name, you know? It's fair to say that hard work gets opportunity running, but for many people of color, it often runs in a different lane. Not due to any fault of their own, a system of biases and barriers was built to limit this. There are faults in this system, and they will be brought to light. Let this be her verbal expose.
1: Enlightened to the idea of double consciousness and how it affects the world. Exuberant with her generous personality and artwork. Photojournalistic by using photography in her many projects to tell the story of others. Open to all of the ideas that surround her and never shooting anything down until putting in the time to feel it out. Self-believing in never giving up on her dream to help the artists of the world and giving everyone a voice engaged with society always finding ways to contribute her skill set to the world this is Sade's expose
0: welcome to the 10th episode of young and dumb that's right I said 10 lucky number 10 Uh, we have a very special guest with us today Sade say what's up to the people
2: hey how y'all doing
0: So we want to waste no time. We know you have an incredibly interesting backstory, and we want to jump right into it. So if you can just give us a brief overview of um, just who you are and what you're doing right now.
2: Well, I am a senior right now in college, and I am working on building my photography account. I'm working on gaining some clients in that era, and I'm also working currently right now on expanding a series that I've started, a documentary photography series called PWI 101, PWI meaning Primarily White Institution. So that's in the works, and then in about a year or so, me and my partner Mia hope to be taking off Pangea, this artist collective we're working on that'll be based in New York City, so that's what I'm doing right now.
0: Cool, cool. So how'd you, where, I know you have a, um, a music and theater background. Uh, tell me a little bit about that.
2: Well, I went to a performing arts high school. And I was a vocal major and I was involved with the Epic Next Theater Ensemble. It's a youth ensemble in New York. They work with inner city students in the Bronx and Harlem and some in Manhattan, further down in Manhattan. And we did acting workshops, directing workshops, and from them, I really got my foundation in writing. I started writing from there, and I was really intrigued by the civic portion of the theater. All of the theater was very societally driven. It was all with a social impact. All the productions we were producing were a form of documentary theater. So from then, I became very interested in how you can mix art and social change.
0: So that's basically where you got your 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 start with uh, musical yes. theater, and that transition into um documentation. So where does your love for photography um come into this?
2: That was relatively new. I didn't know I would be into that art form at all. It I started maybe about two years ago. I took a class, a photography class, and it kind of it sparked my curiosity. It really made me want to expand and change the way that I use art. Because I have this music and theater background, I really wanted to see what I was capable of producing when I added photography into the mix. So some of the courses that I was taking at the time, which were all pretty um, sociological, I wanted to mix my learning in those courses with the medium of photography and include some theatrics in it so the PWI 101 series that I have right now I'm working on turning into a doc fiction piece for the end of 2018 so that is in progress right now I'm in the interview state I'm scheduling out with those narratives that I would like to focus in on and then from there the ones that I can produce into film will be filmed and then the ones that I won't have the time to do in this immediate portion of it, will be documented through blog, so that people can follow it along that way. And then later on, should the people still be available, I will film from there.
0: So I can, I can see this being on like Netflix. Really. <laughs> like that's where yeah. I'm looking for. That'd be that'd be pretty cool.
1: I like it. Netflix, give her a feature, please. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) let's dive into what PWI is. Could you give us like a quick overview of what you're trying to accomplish with it?
2: So PWI 101, primarily white institution 101, started with my fascination with the double consciousness. It's a concept started by W.E.D. Du Bois, and it suggests the idea that Black people are aware of the way that they see themselves, but then also constantly aware of the way that they are perceived by other people. As a Black woman, I feel like my my experience is a lot different than many people. I'm not trying to clump the Black experience into one with this project. So one of the main goals is to emphasize how diverse the experiences of Black women are but because right now I'm at a primarily white institution, I am basing it on the experiences that black women have at primarily white institutions which are very varied depending on mm-hmm. how you identify with blackness how you identify microaggressions that in that you experience everyday or that you may or may not be experiencing everyday so I want to turn that psychology into behavior well not turn it into behavior but film that behavior, be able to document the behavior and what might be causing or behind that response.
1: Gotcha. So the
2: people that I am documenting are people who I am relatively close to, but mostly for comfortability. I want them to be comfortable with being filmed, and so doing it with people that know me and know that I'm not trying to misuse their words or change up their story or their narrative, it'll be a lot more comfortable Mm -hmm. for them, and they'll be a lot more honest okay film.
1: can you talk about some of the experiences that you've documented
2: yes so a couple of them have been hmm, they all start from very different points so i kind of ask a very general question when i start each interview which is is what does it mean for what does a primarily white institution mean for you what is that experience for you and then it kind of goes off into a realm of topics i really try to follow where the interviewee takes me like i don't ever go in with too many set questions because i don't want to sway their response or make Mm -hmm. them feel like they have to stay within a certain um
0: boundary yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: so some people talk a lot about their self-identification so a couple folks and I do keep the interviews anonymous in the current moment so right now none of them no names are published with what I have so far okay Um, but self-identification so some of them start with how they identify um, with sexuality and how that has impacted their journey through college And intersection is a very common point in each of the interviews because everyone identifies differently. Those who identify as black queer women have talked a lot about their experiences with those two identities and how they feel they're perceived on campus with strangers in class when they go back home. A lot of folks talked about that difference in identity comfortability when they go home versus on campus and how their presentation of identity might change um, depending on how they identify and then also their friend groups. So a lot of people talked about friend groups and the, like their ability to advocate for themselves and their experience. But I thought it was very interesting that some women that I spoke to felt that their experience is not necessarily dictated by whiteness in society, but is more so dictated by how comfortable they are in a room full of whiteness. Does that make sense? Yeah, that Mm -hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah. But then other people felt like it really did change the way that they react in a setting because of the preconceived notions that might already be there when you step into a room as a black woman, um, as opposed to those if you are not a black woman.
0: I I definitely get that. And as uh, a black man, I can also uh, resonate with that as things are... Just as uh, interesting, in my perspective, as it might be in yours, and I think that the um the TV show Dear White People kind of highlights this idea of um the the variety of different perspectives and experiences through um people of colors eyes, mm-hmm. um and that they aren't generalized and that they all vary depending on again like you said sexual orientation, um who your crowd is, um who you. Th- who you self-identify as um and i do think that this project is a great way to show that in a real sense um especially at um, a campus like ours so tell me a little bit about your next project which is um pangea you spoke on
2: yeah so pangea is right now still more of an idea it is not like Tangible just yet because we're not in New York City right now, but we're developing our network base. So if anybody wants to get involved, if you're in the New York City area, please feel free to give me a holla and I will get back to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're really trying to develop our network because the idea behind it is that the artist mind is really dope, and <laughs> to be able to have a setting, a platform where we can all come together consensually and create art together. I think that that could change the face of a lot of things. Like when people, well, before I go there, like the artists that we're trying to look for, like are people who are socially aware in the sense that the art that they're creating has an impact, it has a meaning. And we want to combine that with other artists who are making impactful art. To make a larger statement as a whole.
1: Okay, and by art, do you mean just drawings and paintings, or are you going art? No, literally with a broad... everything.
2: Like we want lyricism, we want prose, we want um, visual artists, still visual artists, cinema. If you're into film, mm-hmm. and we want to combine all those platforms together. If you write music, if you compose, we want to combine it all.
1: Okay, that's interesting i like it
0: so would this include like um theater plays as well or we're just going strictly Mm -hmm. musical uh, or visual arts
2: in the moment we're sticking with music and visual art because the first platform we're going to go on to is in instagram so we are going to try and use instagram as our primary platform and account our logo has recently been solidified so that's exciting <laughs> That's quality. That's quality. Yes. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's... we're definitely getting that off the ground
0: okay so where's the where's the where's the next step with Pangea? since it's just starting like where do you want this to go like where um, how big do you want it to get
2: my hope is that it'll be national, national. <laughs> like okay. i want it to be Known in every major city, let's say. But even not in the major cities. (laughs) If you're down in Kentucky, like, come on through. Um, (laughs) But we want it to be a a brand. Definitely a brand, a household name. Mm
1: -hmm. Is it going to be kind of like um a movement would you say or are you trying to build that brand that people that you can broadcast people's work under
2: a little bit of both okay like we want it to be a movement in the sense that like it is not limited just to people who are already established artists mm-hmm. like if you are an up-and-coming artist we feel like building a community of artists makes you a better artist if you are if you are someone who is interested in film mm-hmm. The best way to learn is to be around other people who are into film or create films so that you're learning from different minds you're learning different concepts you're learning different theories and how to use that towards what you're trying to do like classes are expensive (laughs) like that's why i'm a very big advocate for arts education because it's not always easy to learn or improve on the art form that you're passionate about like photography for instance honestly if i was not in like a college institution, I probably would not have figured out that that was something that was a passion of mine because it wasn't anywhere around me when I was younger. There weren't courses that I could take and the courses that were available were way too expensive. <laughs> so um, yeah, we want Pangaea to be a place where people can learn how to create art and also for people to make art together.
0: Pretty Cool. So I kind of guess it's like, I don't want to like generalize it or give it a label but it's like it's not um a production label it's more like a a collection of like-minded individuals kind of collaborating connecting with one another to kind of all help themselves in a way it's still like a school
2: yeah yeah am i getting Mm -hmm. it there okay yeah
1: i think and i think that's kind of like the movement now too especially with how expensive college is becoming and people's narrative is moving away from forcing college on their kids and stuff, I feel like school is going to become kind of these smaller type of companies who teach, like, niche types of um, classes, so to say, I guess.
0: No, I I agree with that. And I feel like the uh, untraditional methods of learning or advancement are starting to become more and more popular. As things um, such as college start to become a little more out of reach I mean things are seemingly only getting more and more expensive and with our generation being um, I guess the oddballs um, (laughs) we have to get creative in the way we progress and advance in life and I think this is definitely one way to do it
1: exactly I like it
0: and it's nice to see that it's coming together so nicely Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't wait for it to take off Yeah.
2: I think the idea from it definitely came from filmmaking, because both my partner me and I are into the process of filmmaking, and we are definitely, we acknowledge the fact that making a film on your own is very difficult. You need a network of people, and something like Pangaea will give you that network of people, you know?
1: I like it. So where did the name Pangea come from? Amiya. <laughs> My partner I like came up with the name
2: Pangea. It. No, I like the name. You know? I like the name. Because we were like it's talking dumb. about how we want it to be all inclusive of all art mediums, inclusive of different ideas. Mm-hmm. And so Pangea, like if, if y'all know the like what yeah. Pangea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just bringing it all together as one. Okay. And fitting it in, even in the weird spots that you might not think are something you can mix together. Mm-hmm. But if you bring in enough creative minds, I think you can create anything, <laughs> yeah. to be quite honest. Okay. Yeah.
0: For those who don't know, Pangea uh, used to be a large mass form on the earth where all of the continents that we know as today uh, were together, and they eventually split apart into the continents we have now, so... That's what the Pangea reference gets comes from. But I, I do like that name. It's pretty creative. It's really cool.
1: With Pangea, um, is your mission is there a specific mission that you're trying to accomplish? So with your PWI is mainly talking about black women's lives and how they've grown up in their journey. Is there a specific type of person that you're looking for in Pangea or is it more broad based?
2: Pangea is a bit more broad. Okay. Like PWI one oh one is definitely more based, as you're, you said, in the black women's experience, because not just college institutions, but the world is a PWI. Mm-hmm. And the way each person, each black woman navigates that is different depending on their experience. But Pangea is definitely a lot more broad. Like, we're looking for variation in experience. Uh, we're looking for variation in the way you choose to use your art form. So, there really is no specific, like, qualification. But if there was one requirement, it would be the willingness to make art that has a social impact. Like, we're um, thinking societally.
0: Okay. So, uh, so we're including, um, I guess, street artists into this as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. I like That's it. very important. Mm-hmm. I think, like, that's a, a art form that has been... Um I guess shunned or looked down upon by society over the past couple of years um I think that street art, especially in urban um settings it's extremely important to have a a voice or a way of expression um and again it's really cool to include them as well because i think they had a lot to offer and they could gain a lot from collaborating with artists and things like that as well
2: yeah so far street artists are kind of who make up the network we have so far for Pangea like people who out of high school are like really just trying to do their thing they're grinding they're on the street they're hustling with their art and I respect uh-huh. it. So we just want to bring them all together. Mm-hmm. Street, <laughs> Street art into. will yes. never die. Yes, it will never it die. It will never <laughs> die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Always going to be Truly. someone on the streets make mm-hmm. trying to make a, a name for themselves, make a living, yes. trying to change the game, whatever the game mm-hmm.
2: is. And you just got to find them. Yep. Exactly. So they're yep. They're out there. They're out there. Street artists,
0: if you're listening, mm-hmm. we're talking to you. So hit up PNG and NYC.
2: Yes.
0: definitely so i
1: want to take a step back into something that you were talking about earlier especially with your pwi on something that's kind of big in our lives right now with kind of the black lives matter movement and just black america in general what are what is your take on that whole situation going on currently
2: Can you be a little more specific, Um, my take on, like, like the Black Lives Matter movement? Do you, like,
1: yeah, so how has your experience been in terms of growing up in the lives that you've had, especially in a more urban environment?
2: I think Black Lives Matter is, like, a mantra (laughs) for life. I think, not just for myself, but it's something that everyone should keep in mind, because I, for myself, I believe that Black Lives Matter is not saying that like, you know, everybody else don't matter, but it's saying that these folks are not given the attention and respect that is needed to match everyone else. So we need to be acknowledging of that. We need to acknowledge that disparity. Mm -hmm. Um, So for myself, I think That has meant creating opportunity where there might not necessarily be the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because in a lot of the spaces that I've been in, they're not often catered to me. They're not often catered to the things that I might want, the things that I might need. And they're not necessarily thinking about the things that I might want or need. So I think that's where innovation comes in. Like If it's not there and it's something you think you need try your best to create it. So like with PWI 101, with Pangea, if there is a space, if there is a space gap, try to fill that space gap because we need to make a space for our lives in this world where it's not there. You know, I think that's happening. Oh, the hashtags we have, Black Boy Joy, Black Girl Magic, Um, people like Chance the Rapper, Childish Gambino, like they, I feel, are creating certain spaces for people and artists and minds that weren't necessarily there before normalizing certain trends and fashions and ideas that were shunned in a way Mm -hmm. like the um what do you like the alternative type black person i feel like black people have been forced to kind of stick into certain categories of blackness and now we're moving into an area where there is a much broader spectrum, and Black Lives Matter is part of that, mm-hmm. and the y- creation of those spaces.
1: I agree. Do you think that music has played a big role in kind of bringing a lot of this to light? I guess, and expanding the movement, so to say.
2: Oh, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah. I can even knock yeah. that
0: one hundred percent.
2: Truly, like look at No Name, like we <laughs> <No name> can. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're definitely moving into a different era of music. I think artists have always had something to say, like musicians, but I think now they're really saying it unapologetically. With the lyrics that is in the music, with the composition of the music, the beat, like, it's all just different.
0: (laughs) I would even say that, like, even in the past, I'd say um, 80s, even early 90s, there were... Um, especially in the the rap game there was music that kind of supported what we're doing now and it was unapologetic for example um, M- NWA was mm-hmm. uh, a great example of this yep. and I, somewhere along the way we kind of lost that and I think it's starting to come back to light now and come back with full force mm-hmm. and like you said it is unapologetic and something that as uh, a a community we can all get behind mm-hmm. um, and have an anthem or um, something that pushes us to strive for what I like to call and other people like to call black excellence. And I think that's a goal that was set um, by Black Lives Matter. And it gives us something to reach towards, something positive to make out of ourselves. And there's no real limit to that as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. And I think also a big player in it too is social media Mm because if you think about it now we don't really have to listen to a whole song or album at a time whereas now we can go on twitter and you see a picture of chance with one quote of one of his songs and you're like oh that's really interesting let me listen to chance right whereas before you're like oh i need to go buy this whole album so it kind of gives that barrier of entry less and i think that's why it's been spreading so quickly
0: yeah, no, social media, is, it's huge. And that's how a lot of information is spread nowadays through social media. Um, just the fact that you can check your phone right now and you can know what's going on on the other side of the world that happened literally seconds ago um, is incredible. And I think because of that, um, the movement has picked up so much speed, so much momentum, um, and it's allowed us to, I guess, if you agree with me, unify a lot mm-hmm. quicker.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So with that, I want to move into our favorite uh, part of the interview, the deep questions. Ding. Ding. (laughs) So we're going to start off with this. Let's imagine 60, 70, whoever knows how long we're going to be living from now, years. You've made your money. You've done everything you've ever wanted to. But your art is gone. Your social media is gone. All records of you have just disappeared but you get to pick three things that you want to be remembered for. What three things are
2: Hmm. Well, one would be community. Like, I would want to be remembered as, like, a person who was really trying to rally folks. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um... hmm. Hang on. I can only think, like, in the context of New York City, I'm very (laughs) in New York City. Um, Like, the Bronx, Harlem, like, there is just a certain warm community, I feel, when I go back home, and with what's happening, with gentrification and whatnot, I feel like that unity, that community is at risk of being lost, Mm -hmm. and I would like to be part of the movement to keep that community there and i would like to be remembered for that aspect of it trying to keep the culture trying to keep teaching our youth trying to keep art and creativity in the minds of the youth because with everything that's happening in the education reforms and taking arts education out of school or rather defunding a lot of arts programs that are within schools and outside of that that creative mindset is kind of in danger right now like that the opportunities to develop a creative mind are kind of in danger with the policies that are changing and so i would like to be part of keeping that community together okay um another word (laughs) I would think hope. I think I'm a very hopeful and optimistic person. (laughs) And I want to spread that to other people. Uh, I think that, you know, pessimism is not completely a bad thing. Like, it's okay sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be able to look at a situation and be like, hmm, you know, Maybe not, like, maybe yeah. we should take a left on this one, but I would like <laughs> to be one that is hopeful okay. and optimistic.
0: Okay, that's cool. So, we have you on the Young and Dumb podcast. <laughs> um, what does it mean to you to be young and dumb, and like, what does
2: young and dumb mean to you? Okay, so I was very excited when I saw the name for this podcast because I was thinking about millennials like a lot when I was looking at the title. I feel like there is a tendency to look at people in our generation and kind of be like, y'all are a little reckless. Like, y'all aren't doing <laughs> things traditionally yeah. like the way that we older folks <laughs> have done things. So you're not on the right path or you're taking different, like what, I think we're questioned a lot. Like our, the paths we choose to take to success are questioned a lot, but we need to start being accustomed to a little bit of change. Like let's change the way that we're used to getting the things that we need or the things that we want. Um, I think young and dumb refers to people who are willing to take risks on the path to success, And people who aren't necessarily going to take no for an answer, like, at all, if ever. Yeah, Um, yeah, so, mm -hmm. I think it is shifting that narrative of youthfulness. Like, we are not (laughs) on just making decisions to make decisions, like, you know? Okay, I, there is strategy behind our thoughts. I
0: agree with that. And, like, with our generation, the, the lines for literally everything, the way things have been done should be done, the path to success, so to success all that's been blurred um, because there are so many different ways that we found um, and have yet to find to do things. Um, And I think that's what highlights our generation. And I think that's what highlights this podcast because we're finding a new and (laughs) a cool way to do things um, and find people, connect people, share stories, share opportunities, um, and just make a network of positivity, collaboration, and overall happiness.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. So... I want you to answer this question. It's been looming on my mind ever since I saw that you were like an art theater major in college. What if you had 10 or 30 seconds to pitch someone on becoming an art or theater major? Because the stereotype is, no, don't become that type of major. You're never going to make it in the world. Yada, yada, yada. What is your 30 second pitch to them?
2: Well, I think that theater is everywhere. All the world is a stage, baby. I like that. Um, Like, presentation is everywhere. Like, you're always, when you look at people and the way that people interact together, it's always a performance. Like, everyone is performing. The way that you choose to pitch your ideas, the way that you may talk to someone that you know or may not know, the way that you interact with people when you're tired, happy, sad, whatever emotion you may be feeling. But I think that to understand theater, you have to understand society. Mm -hmm. And to understand society is a completely different ballgame. Because there's history, the people that may be within a given area. Theater forces you to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think when you put yourself in someone else's shoes... I think you open your brain to so many more pathways. (laughs) Like, you're not so um, focused on, like, that one, the way one thing must be. Yep. Because there's many ways to do one thing. There's many objectives a person can have in executing their actions.
0: Okay. So let me ask you another question. (laughs) With, I know you're very actively involved in a lot of different projects, as you've shared with everyone, but what has to happen during the day for you to be able to go to bed and say, you know what, I've had a successful day, I can go to sleep now?
2: Mm, that's a good question. I always feel like I go to bed with so many thoughts. You, know, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> hmm. So to go to bed peacefully, <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. I feel like, for me, I get very excited when other people share the same passions that I have or share that same excitement for their passion. So whenever I have a good, productive conversation in the day, I feel content in a way. Like, today, I'll probably go to bed like, "Mm, something happened today. Like, I did something. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Now I'm over here analyzing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, okay. So I think that that's what it is. Whenever I see people who are passionate about anything that they may be trying to do, ideas, organizations, art, it makes me feel a little bit better about the world. If okay. that makes any yeah. sense. Okay. Like, yeah, I like it. I just feel like there are still great people out there who are trying to make this world what we've what it what it could be (laughs) what it could be so uh, I get really excited when I talk to other people who are trying to change the game who are passionate about trying to change it because there's a lot of people who have ideas but it's different to talk to someone who is like actively planning on completing those ideas like Mm -hmm. with a game plan and even if you don't have a game plan in the moment like being committed (laughs) to creating that game plan you know so talking to people with passion gotcha about changing the world i think lets me go to bed
1: okay Awesome. So uh, hopefully you get to go to bed tonight very well. Yeah. I will. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. I've got one last final question for you. What is a question that you wish you had the answer
2: to? <laughs> That's deep. So, That's real deep. So there is this <laughs> poster on my wall. There's this Bob Marley poster on my wall. And it says, we should all come together and create music and love. So <laughs> I wish... So, yeah, that's my, yeah, I wish I could answer that question. Why can't we all just come together and create music, love, art? Why can't we all just come together? (laughs) I
1: wish
0: it was that simple.
2: I know. Mm -hmm.
1: Such a simple concept, but such a hard
0: answer. But, Sade, um, is there anything else you want to leave for the people? Just maybe words of advice or encouragement, anything?
2: Yes. I would say, I feel like I touched on this a little bit earlier, but to raise your hand for all the opportunities. Like, if there's something that you think you want, don't doubt yourself too much because then that's when the ideas start to dwindle. When you have a great idea and you're just like, man, I don't know, what if, like, think about the what ifs because you know that's important, (laughs) but um say yes and a lot more in your life like yes and dot 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 like don't just stop at yes but then also stay focused in what on what it is that you want because I feel like at least for myself it's easy to kind of get caught up in different projects different ideas but when you're staying focused in on what your end goal is Things become a lot simpler. Stay
0: motivated, y'all. <laughs> motivated, that's so. that's M. That's M and Dumb. Exactly. Okay, everyone. Um Shade, thank you. A big, big thanks from Young and Dumb for coming out, um, sharing your words of wisdom, um, enlightening us about Pangea and PWI one oh one. Um, for everyone um out listening out there, check those out. Both coming out of New York i um, coming to you soon, about next year.
2: Yeah, next year, May 2018, look for some links, online URLs to the PWI 101 doc series. If you're looking to see some of the images from the PWI 101 series, you can follow my IG underscore Photography underscore, or you can head on to my portfolio site where there's a full artist statement um, at com.
0: Of course, and when all of this drops, you'll be hearing it from the Young and Dumb crew as well. Um, again, big thank you for everyone listening. If you want to know a little more about Sade, her Dumb profile is going to be up on the website, um, along with more information about your two co-hosts. Uh, we just did a little renovation on the website, so check it out. It's dope, um, and we'll catch you guys next week. Love you guys. Peace.
1: Peace.
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our podcast.
1: Check out our website, getyourgrindup.com, for every dumb profile and even more content.
0: Follow us all on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Get Your Grind Up. And share a name as we spread your journeys. What doesn't kill you makes you dumber. Thank, Thank you, you, guys. guys. Peace. Peace.